everyone, you're listening to Refugees on Air on Sin Nation. We are your hosts, Sarah and Maya. And today we welcome our very first refugee, Neva Masad Al Fayyad. Hi, Neva. Hello. <laughs> How are you going? Delighted to be here. Oh, Thank you so much. Oh, that's so, so good. good. <laughs> so good to hear because yeah. you're our first um, guest. First, I guess, I'm not sure. Yay. And so honored, guys. Thank you so, so much for inviting me. Oh, no, no worries. No. <laughs> well, ever since I heard you speak at the Access Monash program, I just, I knew I had to have you on the show. Now, like, your story is so inspiring and you go to Monash now, is that right? Yes, that's right. And what do you study? So I'm in my final three weeks, actually. My final three weeks Ooh, of medicine. Oh, nearly there. Oh, yes. So close. <laughs> On the 3rd of November, six years of pain will be over. Yes. Nearly done. <laughs> Good job, man. That's dedication. <laughs> Thank that you. Is. It was hard. <laughs> it was hard. So, Neba, were you born in Australia? Uh, no. I was actually born in Baghdad, in Iraq. Okay. And I moved to Australia in um, December 2003. When mm. I was 10 years old. When you were 10, right. So do you mind um, just sharing your journey and how you got here with us? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, as I mentioned, I was born in Iraq yep. and we lived in Iraq for um, most of my childhood. When I was 10, so in 2003, the American invasion of Iraq happened yep. and that was a very, I guess, character building time. Like mm-hmm. the person I am today is because of that time that I experienced. So, yeah, so the war was very traumatising and I'm sure I yeah. had PTSD when I first came to Australia and it was a, a very scary time to go through. Mm-hmm. A story that I w- always tell is this, uh, which you've heard before, Sarah, but <laughs> Maya, I'll share it with you, okay. um, is of the first day of the American invasion. Mm-hmm. I remember we'd gone to my mum's sister's house in the south of Iraq because Baghdad was just too dangerous. We thought that the south would be safer, but mm-hmm. the Americans entered from the south, so they entered from Kuwait. I don't know why. There were tanks coming off aeroplanes, I remember. I don't know what the like military terminology for that is. Mm-hmm, um, I remember all their military stuff came into the south first and yeah. then went up to Baghdad. Mm-hmm. And I think they came in from the north through the Kurdish areas mm-hmm. and came down to Baghdad as well. So I guess all the war culminated in Baghdad. So it's really good that we got out of Baghdad. But it was really scary that we saw them first entering. And I remember we were in my auntie's house and the window was open and we like saw all of this war machinery enter mm-hmm. the country and we saw how powerful it was and how powerless mm-hmm. we were and we just felt like like ants like we were so yeah. p- completely powerless and we had absolutely no control over whether we were going to live or die the walls were you know just made of mud or whatever it was yeah. and we didn't even have you know strong curtains they couldn't even block out the light let out block out bullets wow. um and yeah i've never felt so small in my life yeah so that was interesting never imagine going <laughs> wow. through something like that it must have really made you who you are today made you a stronger person like mm-hmm. going through horrific things like this that no one should ever go through or experience or see in their life i totally agree maya i think it made definitely made me appreciate life and appreciate being yeah. alive mm-hmm. and made me want to do something with every moment of life that i have yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's everyone should think like that. Uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone should be happy to be alive and should do something. Yeah, with it. and be I grateful. Should, totally for agree. The, all the benefits that they have. Mm. Did your family accompany you to the journey to Australia? Yeah, so we had the typical journey where mm-hmm. my father came over first. So my dad was a surgeon in Iraq. And he was about to be conscripted into the army and it was all very dangerous and mm-hmm. the government is very uh, committed to so many atrocities. He didn't yep. want to be a part of it. So he left when, I think it was 1999. He was in Baghdad at the time and he had to leave and he couldn't even come home just to say goodbye to us and you know to give us the final hug before he oh, left. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he just wrote a letter to my mum and then he just had to leave. 
And for a long time in my childhood, I was really angry at him and I hated him for that. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely irrational anger. But I just, I guess I just really missed him and I wanted yeah. to have a father. Mm-hmm. But he did what he had to do. Yeah, that's um, true. He left then. He went to Jordan first, then Yemen, then Indonesia. Then he took a boat to Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He lived in Australia for a couple of years. He got his medical accreditation again. He became a surgeon at Frankston Hospital, mm-hmm. and he worked there for a while. Yeah, and then after the war, he established contact with my mum, and he invited her to come over to Australia, where mm-hmm. she Iraq was the only thing that she'd ever known, and she really didn't want to leave. So she wanted to stay in Iraq. But then after the war and after our school got bombed and a lot of people we knew died, she knew that it was never going to be safe again. Mm-hmm. And so she decided that we had to leave. I know that you guys have a similar story. What's <laughs> your story about how you came to Australia? Maya and I were actually born here. And then we went back and then we came back here once the war started. And because yeah. we were born here, it was very easy to, uh, for us to get here. And we came in 20, 2012. Yeah. Really started we didn't like experience the, the same things that lots of people did. Like, no, we definitely We left at the right time, I think. Yeah. And it was all because of my parents and their yeah. decision. And, yeah. you know, they gave up their future just for ours. Just for, for us. Yeah. For yeah. our own, which is something I can really, really, yeah. really grateful I'll for. always appreciate. Absolutely. Yeah, like I say this to my friends all the time. Our parents have been through so much. And like, you know, sometimes we fight with them about, yeah. you know, I don't know, please let me go out. Or yeah. like, <laughs> why do I have to study so hard? But yeah. <laughs> like they've given up so much for us and mm. they're so traumatized and they're so like they have so much emotional trauma that they're carrying mm. around. I don't know how to express gratitude yeah. for them. No, me neither. So hard to understand. That's yeah. a great way of but putting I, it. Though. I feel like yeah. this is why I do this show because um, even though me and Maya aren't refugees, I think that's what makes it even more important is that we like help those people who don't necessarily have a voice or have a platform like Sin to share their stories. Also, you have done a lot of work and a lot of volunteer work and you're doing a sociology course right now yep. as well as like finishing off uni. So what inspired you to combine these things together? I think I've mentioned this to you before, Sarah. I guess because of my experiences in the war, because of my gratitude just to be alive, Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to do something worth it. Like I've wanted to do something Mm -hmm. worth a human life, like something worth living for. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I thought that medicine would be my path, but I think clinical medicine is absolutely incredible and I love it and it makes me feel alive and it Mm -hmm. makes me being with patients is incredible and it's a huge honor but I feel like clinical medicine one-on-one medicine is not going to save the world Mm -hmm. I want to do something a bit bigger like something about making sure that everyone around the world has access to education and everyone around the world has access to healthcare. I don't know exactly what I'll do with my life but I'm trying to explore different things and trying to do as much as I possibly can in order to help everyone around the world have access to those basic things, healthcare mm-hmm. and education. Yeah. I've co-founded an organisation called Happy Brain Education that has three branches at the moment across Melbourne. We have 100 volunteers and 650 students. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Like it's, I love seeing the transformation in the students and the students have had such a huge impact on me. They've made me see things that I've never seen before. They've upskilled me in a hundred different ways. They've tried teaching me how to ride a bike. I can't ride a bike. (laughs) They failed. (laughs) But they've taught me how to make videos. They've taught me how to market on social media. They've taught me how to correct essays properly. They've taught me so much. And I love being part of the Happy Brain community. And I'm doing my sociology course at the moment at Oxford to try to learn about the history of humanity. Mm -hmm. How did we get here and how can we change the trajectory of humanity to be a bit more positive Mm -hmm. how did we destroy the climate so much how did we come to hate each other so much how did we create so many wars 
and how can we prevent that from happening in the future? So I actually love my global sociology course at the moment. Mm. It's very challenging, but it's also <laughs> definitely helping me learn a lot. And I'm also doing an entrepreneurship and social innovation course at Stanford. And that's something completely different, but it's also mm. really helping me with my changing the world stuff. Yes. So yeah, and if you have time, if any of your listeners have time as well, <laughs> please like try to do as many of those online courses as possible. Mm. Try to travel the world, do learn as much as possible. We're so lucky to be human and lucky to be able to learn things and to grow yes (laughs) and yeah so we should definitely do that and it will make us better people and it will make us better to other people preach (laughs) preach Um, well we've been discussing about a lot of inspiration and you're obviously considered inspiring to young people like me and my and everyone here at sin how does it feel to be considered like a role model Yeah. yeah So it's interesting that you asked that question because I don't yet see myself as a role model and I don't yet see myself as an inspiration. Okay. I feel like like people who I find inspirational, I'm still walking towards that. Like I'm still making my journey towards that. Yep. So and I actually never want to get there. I always want to still be striving and still be working hard. Mm-hmm. And it, like if anything, I find you guys absolutely inspirational. Oh like, my I, God. Was not, <laughs> I, I was okay. not this smart and I was not doing this when I was in year 10. Oh. <laughs> All I was doing was like, I don't know, memorizing the periodic table or something. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> so well nice. done, guys. Thank um, you. Thanks. Yeah, so I think as long as we just continue striving and we don't take anything for granted and we don't stop, I think mm-hmm. that's a good thing. So, Nava, um, you recently received a Westpac fellowship. What were the benefits of that fellowship? Yeah, so I'd highly recommend to anyone listening to to apply for those fellowships. So there are five categories, a research one, a like master's and PhD one, which Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't be applicable to the listeners. There's a social change one, which I think Maya and Sarah, you can apply for. Um, (laughs) So that's the one that I got. It's a social change fellowship and it's for people who want to make the world a better place, which you guys are definitely doing through your radio Mm, show. Thank you. Well, Um, you too. (laughs) And it's... Um, so they give you $50,000 to go around Australia mm-hmm. and learn more about how you could contribute to the world more. So Ooh. to develop yourself. Yeah. And it makes you help other people so much more and it makes it upskills you so much. So highly recommend it. And there are two others for undergraduate university students. Mm-hmm. Technology one, the young technologists one and an Asian exchange one. So if anyone's interested in doing exchange to an Asian country, they give you $12,000 to do exchange and learn and grow. And I think they do a lot of leadership training through that one as well. Mm -hmm. And the young technologists one, they connect you with a community of very, very passionate technology people and they give you lots of skills and lots of con- lots of connections and they do a lot of empowerment for women in the STEM fields. So it's, it's really, really good. My experience so far with the, the fellowship has been absolutely incredible. I feel like I've matured 10 years in a couple <laughs> of months. <laughs> I'm so much more confident in myself, so much more confident in Happy Brain. I feel like I know what I'm doing with Happy Brain, finally. For, <laughs> I was so lost with one and a half years. I've met so many innovators in the education space who've inspired me and who've showed me how education can be fixed and what are the problems with education. So hopefully in the next couple of years, you'll hear about Happy Brain changing the ATAR system and <sighs> HRs are horrible. <laughs> yes. um, uh, they only reward one type of person. Yeah, changing the ATAR system, making sure that everyone graduates from school with the basic literacy and numeracy skills that they need to thrive in the world, mm-hmm. and making sure that education is accessible to everyone around the world, et cetera, et cetera. And that's only possible because of all the growth that I've been able to, to do yes. because of having this opportunity mm-hmm. and a number of other opportunities along the way. Another really useful thing that I got out of this fellowship was the mentoring. A lot of the people from the Westpac Foundation, the Bicentennial Foundation, and a lot of people who are um, like university academics who are part of that community have mm-hmm. given me so much mentoring and 
that's really helped me with growing my ideas and growing my thinking. So absolutely, okay. I absolutely recommend it to everyone. Everyone should apply. Yes, <laughs> Especially absolutely. you guys, Sarah and Maya. Uh, we'll, we'll get onto it. Good. Yeah, so yeah, we'll get You'll be the it. youngest people in it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if there's an age requirement, actually. Maybe it's okay, 18 I'll plus, but I hope not. I hope not either. <laughs> two more years. Yeah, two more years if it is 18 plus. Also, what would you say to the listeners of this? Do you have any advice on how to make the world a better place or anything that someone could do on a day-to-day basis? To make social change. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good question. I think there there are so many things going through my head when you said that. (laughs) So firstly, I am so, so inspired and so happy with our generation. I feel like all our generation actually cares about other people Mm. and actually cares about making the world a better place. I think we see that we're an interconnected society, that we're all one society all around the globe. Mm-hmm. And we really see that and we see that, you know, there's no point in trying to to get a salary that's as big as possible. There's no point mm-hmm. trying to uh, compete with other people or like put other people down or use other people to make as much money as possible. Like the value of life is in helping other people and in mm-hmm. being connected yeah, to true. other humans. Yeah. yeah, and I think we really see that. And I see so many of my friends and so many young people like you guys mm-hmm. <laughs> working towards positive social change. And that really, really inspires me. Mm-hmm. I think we will fix our world. And the second one is th- this piece of advice is more to myself than anybody else. And I feel mm-hmm. like I still need to repeat this to myself yeah. that just believe in yourself and just have the courage to actually stand up for what you believe in. I've mentioned this to you as well, Sarah, before. Like, for a long time, I thought that someone else will fix the world. I I thought that authority figures or adults will do it. And I was always too afraid and too unconfident in my own abilities. I realized that everyone has to work on making the world a better place. Like, I'm imperfect, but I'll try my best. And Mm -hmm. um, you're imperfect, but you'll try your best. And um, everyone will try their best. And the world will become a better place. And as long as we don't think that, you know, we're absolutely perfect and no one can question what we do. Mm. Yeah, so... I feel like everyone should just try their best and try to contribute with their strengths and yeah. our world will become a better place yes. if we all do that. Well, that's a great but thing to say. I, I, feel like, I feel like I'm listening to a TED talk at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> you seem so professional. I've like, listened to someone for so long for this. Like, I know, right? But like, I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Is there a job? Um, I think it's, it's <laughs> being in your company. You're just bringing um, out all of my ideas. Thank you, guys. <laughs> and making um, me super comfortable. Uh, <laughs> just like one last quick shot question. Um, sure. Do you have any advice for high school students? Yes. Oh, in regards to studies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah studies. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so if, if anyone wants to get, get into medicine, start studying for the UMAT as soon as possible. <laughs> um, uh, I can't believe I'm admit- admitting this publicly, but I actually started studying for the UMAT in year 10. So <laughs> when, do you, when do you have to take the test? Um, year 12. In year 12. Oh. <laughs> if I was you, I'd do it like this. Um, passed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't really study for it officially. I mm-hmm. used... Um, uh, you should definitely use MedEntry. Um, I didn't use MedEntry. If I'd used MedEntry, I'm sure I would have done better but it was mm-hmm. fine i still got into medicine but i think they're pretty good um <laughs> uh, actually i don't no know sponsor. anymore do, do you do you <laughs> and yeah no sponsors um do your research actually they were good in my year in 2011 mm-hmm. i don't know if they're still good so definitely do your research yeah. um but start studying for the umat early i hope the umat gets phased out because apparently someone was telling me that um the umat actually screens out students from low ses backgrounds because a lot of students don't have enough money money to purchase umat oh. preparation materials so unfortunately, it really disadvantages students. It disadvantages yeah. students from low SES backgrounds. Yeah. It's uh, really bad. Um, so I hope they fix that. Um, well, you didn't need their help to get into medicine. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, and the second piece of advice is 
study hard. VCE is actually hard, but try to study hard and make sure that you, like, like you guys are doing, Maya and Sarah, make sure that you do the other things on the side as well that give you energy and that yeah. um, help you contribute to the world. You can't study 24-7. And you got to sleep half of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you do do things that, uh, that are good for your mental health, you'll study with so much more energy and you'll study more efficiently. So you should definitely do that. Um, when I was in year 12, I was still doing fundraising things and I was still doing projects and I was still involved in my school's social project stuff. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's definitely possible and you can st- still definitely get a high ATAR despite doing all that. Okay. That was perfect. Yeah, that was really good advice well, for me and Sarah especially and to everyone, everyone listening. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Neva, for coming in. No worries <laughs> at all. I'm so sorry it took so long to oh organize. Oh my god, it's fine. Like it's so <laughs> worth it. Yeah, it's so worth it. Hospital schedule. That's okay. <laughs> thank you so much. You've been listening to Sin Nation with Sarah and Maya on the show Refugees on Air with Neva, our first guest of the show. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you here. We really appreciate the advice and everything you've talked about your journey and what you're doing right now every day you know it's, it's been you're changing the world and it's great to see someone like Young this and hopefully like we see yes. more of you around that will be great thank you so much for having me guys no worries. It's been no an honor. Worries. Right. see you guys <laughs>